With no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, banking with Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. And with our top-rated app, you can bank anytime, anywhere, making Capital One an even easier decision. Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? New consumer accounts only. Approval required. Terms apply. Capital One and a member FDIC. You broke my heart. Now I'm gonna break something of yours! All right, so we're back for another episode of Heartbreak Hotel. My name is Sid, and I'm the resident manager here. And you already know what Heartbreak Hotel is about at this point since you've been listening. So I'm going to jump right into welcoming our guest. Our guest today is here to talk about her story that revolves around, believe it or not, heartbreak. And uh, so I'm going to let her, let her take it away. How are you doing today? Good. This isn't about accounting? Absolutely not. Oh no! I don't even. I don't even want to think about my old life right now. <laughs> I'm on the wrong podcast, guys. Absolutely. So, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Having a good uh, day. Just relaxing. Good How's weather. work? Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy it's warming up. Yeah. What brings you into the Heartbreak Hotel today? So, well, what brings me in is because I was really impressed with what you've done so far with the podcast. So, thank you. To you. Thank you so much. Um, and that's basically what brought me in. I thought that this is a wonderful idea and a great way to share experience and allow people who are maybe a little bit too shy or a little bit too timid, too timid to step out and just say, Hey, you know what? I kind of went through that or I'm going through that right now. And I'm learning from someone's experience and I just want to take that next step in the positive direction. So I think the more stories that are out there, the better. And you know, your podcast being the outlet of that is pretty admirable and really cool. First of all, thank you so much for your kind words. I want to say you highlighted two very major points that were actually the reason behind the birth of this podcast. One of them being Heartbreak Hotel is centered around, around its guests, right? Even though it was born from my own experience, I know that I'm not the only one in this whole uh, this whole heartbreak game, right? Uh, that everybody has so many story t- stories to tell and they're so unique to everybody that comes here uh, or has something to share. Second of all, yes, thank you. It does create an outlet for anybody that feels like they do have something to talk about. And I want to reach out to those people that uh, I feel like we're blessed with a life where we have friends or people we can turn to, to, of course, you know, rest our heads on their shoulders where we can talk to them, uh, cry to them or whatever. Unfortunately, there's people out there that might not have that and then they cry in their pillow or they just have to be their own cheerleaders, right, to uh, make it happen for themselves. So I want to reach out to those people and say that, hey, you have a friend in me, so to say, with this outlet. So thank you. Thank you. Your kind words are, of course, always appreciated. I couldn't agree more. And I think it also has to do with, you know, you might not just be that friendless person in, in, in middle school, but you could be. A working adult who's got lots of friends but still feels lonely or right. somebody who just had a horrible breakup or lost their job right. and doesn't want to talk about it with their loved ones. Absolutely. And heartbreak sees no age, sees no yeah. color, creed, anything, right? Heartbreak is heartbreak. It's a human thing that everybody, everyone, almost everyone goes through. Yeah. Yeah. And learning through storytelling and processing through storytelling is like... That's life. That's life. Yeah. That's life. That's something they don't teach you in class. Yeah. That's not, you know, in your lecture, in your 8 a.m. lecture. 
so yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about you. What what uh, prominent heartbreak brought you to come here? So, I mean, obviously, it's centered a little bit about heartbreak vis-a-vis a relationship, but I think also has to do with breaking my own heart, not knowing who I was. Breaking your own heart. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think what I, what I want to get out of this conversation and uh, what I want to share is a story about how you should get help, even when in doubt. Interesting. Um, so I think those are the key things that I want to talk a little bit about today. Sweet. Okay. So, and when you say get help in terms of uh, dealing with the pain or dealing with any, uh, are you are you talking about mental issues, mental health issues uh, that you want to get help for or help? Because help could mean anything from your friend to a professional. Yeah. Right? I think it's, it's a little bit of both. Um, get help for me was talking to friends, talking, period. Or instead um, of bottling it up, right? Instead of bottling it up, right? Or going to therapy. Um, next week, depending on which week you're listening to this, is <laughs> Mental Health Awareness Week. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. So for me, that's a big deal because I feel like a lot of heartbreak has to do with, you know, a little bit of imbalance. Um, I don't want to say mentally, like but a chemical, little bit of imbalance. Chemical imbalance? Because that's be, what depression is, right? Could be chemical imbalance. Could be just imbalance in in you know eating habits, sleeping habits, and mental health, I think is like this big overarching umbrella, but all of that has to do with, you know, are you finding that balance in your life? Are you able to actually wake up and say, this is who I am. I am a nuanced person and I'm okay with being good at one thing. I'm okay with being crappy at another, and I'm just going to go down this path in my life. And that is a healthy person. And I think a lot of the time, not a lot of people take stock of this is going badly, not because I am bad. This is going badly. <laughs> right. And and pain breaks that routine, yeah. right? Pain uh, brings a different side of us out because uh, not everybody knows. I mean, pain doesn't come with a manual, right? An yeah. instruction manual yeah. that's like, okay, if you're, if you're experiencing this, make sure you do this and that. Pain for everybody does not come with any of that, right? So we have to figure out our own way of dealing with it. We react differently to these type of things and pain in every level. So it breaks that routine in the sense that some of us might turn to either excessive eating. Some people might turn to not eating at all or not sleeping at all. Yeah. Or And of course, going away from your routine, this obviously leads to not just mental health. Uh, I mean, not accentuates your mental health, not only accentuates your mental health issues, yeah. but has physical health issues as well, right? You're not sleeping well, you might fall sick. Yeah, and it's just a whole ball of disaster. It's kind of like a, it's it's a circular thing. You start not feeling okay, but you're not sure why. And then you start feeling worse. And then that informs sickness, which then makes you not feel okay. Very true. So I think you just have to break that cycle and either talk to someone, get help. And again, it's, a, it's like finding that kill switch that makes you go, okay, now is the right time where something's wrong. Right. This is not normal. I need to seek help. Makes a lot of sense. So yeah, so would you like to jump into your story? Yeah. Um, so my story has to do with uh, my second year of university. Interesting. Um, me being a little bit more timid than I am now and a little bit more uh, prone to being duped than I am now. <laughs> okay. Um. I was in my second year economics class and some guy behind me was saying, 
I really need notes to this macroeconomics exam that's happening next week. Man, I'm going to fail. Classic pickup line, though. Right? Classic it, pickup line. It wasn't even to me and me being gullible and just, I don't know, prone to or, wanting people to like me. Or being the kind human being that if somebody's asking for help, you want to help them out. Well, thank you for being that balance. Um, <laughs> could be that. Could be me just being a decent person. I don't know. I turned around and said, yeah, sure. You know what? Actually, I'm in that class. If you want notes, I have. I have. Great. And, um, oh, looky here. Here's my number because you need it to coordinate to get the notes. Classic what a what. Right? Pick up. Ev- everything is just going well here. Okay? And here's the problem. <laughs> I didn't even realize. And uh, and yeah, makes sense. And some, some girls don't, right? Some girls like, oh, like are wary or like you said before. You weren't as prone to being duped, or sorry, you were more prone to prone being to duped being back duped. then because I mean we live and we learn, right? Yeah. As we grow up. But go ahead, sorry. Also, maybe that informs a little bit more about what I felt about myself. I felt like who the heck would be attracted to me? Okay. Right. Okay. Um. So I think the self-esteem issues right away should something should have clicked. Okay. A kill switch. You know. <laughs> should have gone off. Should have gone off. Didn't go off then. Um. So. We started seeing each other, I think, about a month or two after um, meeting. Right. And uh, I was just as timid as he was aggressive. Just as timid as he was aggressive. Okay. Yeah. So if I were the one to shy away from a difficult conversation, he was in his high school debate club. And he loved making people cry. So opposites are really attracting here. Yeah, okay. yeah. And opposites attract even like psychologically, but also I think superficially, we really liked the idea that both of us looked like a good balance. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I think that was a theme about how it You looked. find him cute. Just say it. Uh, <laughs> or I, both of I you guys still, found yeah, each other. I, I think yeah. we found it cute. We found the idea. Aesthetically the idea. pleasing to each other's eyes. Yes. So to say. <laughs> yeah. And I think we liked the idea of each other. Maybe more so than we actually like to each other. Than the compatibility of both yeah. people, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, we didn't catch that then. Um, so six months go by and it's honestly a pretty good relationship. But I had a lot of unresolved issues in my um, personal life being with my parents. Okay. And I I come from a South Asian background. South Asian background okay yeah. it, it, I mean, it seems to be the theme of most of the episodes that we have here and my guests are usually from south asian backgrounds i as soon as that ball is dropped that south asian background everybody just gets tensed everybody just Drama. almost knows yeah I, everybody <laughs> almost knows that okay we know what's coming right <laughs> um mine wasn't as uh tumultuous i think as as a lot of other people's stories were okay but i think mine had to do with just not realizing that my self-esteem esteem issues came from the sense of guilt for feeling like I'd wronged my parents in some way. Do you want to speak on that? Yeah. So I think the reason that I was so timid for as long as I was was, for one thing, I think growing up, Indian girls are taught to be a little bit more demure. Not all. De- demure. Oh, and, yeah. You know, okay. there's the whole sense of, be, please be dignified, but right. also be, right. you know... Um, Dainty. There's a specific image that has to be portrayed because Indian girls are just kind of dolled up as really nice iPads to be sold to, you know what I mean? Whether it's arranged marriage, whether it's marriage or whether it's uh, just the casual, anybody coming over, right? Yeah. yeah. Women have to work that much harder in not, not the world, but just even in a South Asian household 
they have to work that much harder to please somebody that don't, they don't even know. Yeah. And I hate stereotyping it because everybody's story that I've ever heard is, is completely different. And, you know, man or woman, because I right. know South Asian guys have issues just Absolutely. like white men have issues. Absolutely. So I don't want to talk about that. It just so happens to be that because I was from an immigrant background, reconciling Western lifestyle with Eastern is a challenge. It is. Just like reconciling any two cultures is. So I don't want to put it like, oh, Indian women are, you know, they're always considered to be in this like glass. Oh, you're right about that. Yeah, absolutely. Box. It's not always the case, but I think my particular upbringing had a little bit to do with my parents wanting me to be a certain uh, quieter way. than okay. I think maybe I was. Um, so I internalized that for a long time. And that got further, I think, accentuated by the relationship because I realized that the more demure and quote-unquote dignified um, I was, the more attracted to me he was, the more he liked the idea of us because we were a good balance. Um, and maybe I wasn't even that person, but it's really easy to turn into someone like that when someone likes you more because of it, right? Fair, yeah. Yeah. Even And that being said, that wasn't you to begin with. Right. I mean, you have a sense of what's the word? It, I don't know why it, I'm having troubles with it. Yeah. Demure. Uh, it, dem, dem, oh, but now, the plural. Now it's like it, right? yeah, it's, there it. you go. Yeah. No, you're right. Right. <laughs> but you have that. But you have that uh, classy. Uh, you have that classy demeanor about yourself, right? Yeah. Which is great. However, it's okay to be outspoken. It's okay. To, okay for you to be yourself, yeah. right? In any situation, for that matter. But if this guy is latching on to the perception that oh okay quiet soft-spoken i like where this is going yeah but he hasn't taken this time to really dig a little deeper and be like oh this is actually because she's actually outspoken but this is just yeah. uh, i don't want to say farce this is just something that she is being pressured into or being boxed into right yeah and i don't think i mean I don't think he had the ability to unpack that. Second year university, man. You don't even Ooh. want to know what I was doing in second year university. Right? And he I was in totally his first did. year. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure for like the first eight months, he was oh, probably guy. hammered. Younger guy. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, oh, he's younger, he's younger guy. Yeah, younger he's a little guy. bit younger right. than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say, have you heard of that um, two-year thing? No. Like, for instance, uh, women mature faster than men, right? Yeah. So the ideal uh, ideal couple would be whether uh, whether woman or girl is two years younger than the guy. Really, I'm yeah. dating someone younger. Yeah. Still. <laughs> so you're like already light years ahead. You know I'm I mean? light years ahead. And he's ahead. like struggling to uh, you exactly know, no. Catch up. <laughs> um, I like being the leader now. Awesome. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. Um, six months into the relationship, I the guilt of lying to my parents who didn't want me to have a relationship until I had graduated um, just got to me and I kind of dropped it on him. And You hit the whole up. thing, eh? Yeah. I hit the whole thing for a long time. And my parents are huge proponents of tell the truth, even if it's crappy. Just tell the truth. Totally respect that. Yeah. Even if we don't like it. So for me to do that, just it killed me for six months. Um, and I just, I had to, I had to end it. Like in, in my opinion at the time, I had to end it and. End the relationship or actually come around and tell your parents. Oh, okay. Wow. Because yeah. you, so you didn't want to face the consequences of telling your parents as opposed to end the relationship and stomp on your heart, so to say at that point. Right. Yeah. 
I okay, think at wow. that point I just felt like I wasn't strong enough to have that conversation. That's how with real my the fear is, man. In South Asian yeah. households, that's how real the fear is. Where you might be head over heels with this guy, but you are not ready to really face that storm that might or might not have been coming yeah. had you been truthful, right? And great point. It might or might not have might, been coming, right? Have come at all. Like right. it's just that's the amazing part that not even knowing the fear stops you from being you. Right. Just because, and again, and all credit to South Asian parents, by the way, why we are afraid to say these things is because we get such an immense amount of love from them that even the one second thought of I might not be able to get this if I were to share this piece of information with right. my mom or dad, it's, you don't want to do it. Who at wants to core, lose out on the At the, the core of our hearts, we don't want to hurt our parents. We don't want to be that reason that they're, they're let down or they're disappointed, Right. Yeah, we don't want to be that cause that drives a wrench into their hearts. Yeah, or make them feel like we're not doing as well as they thought we were. Right, right. Because they've literally done everything for us. And Absolutely. they were essentially then, by extension, unsuccessful. Right. Oh, sorry, unsuccessful in? In providing us with the right, quote unquote, values to be better people and better versions of ourselves. But do you really think that's the case? No, of course not. My parents don't even believe that anymore. What? That they were wrong. I, I'm trying to ask you in a general way. Yeah. Here's how I'm going to tell you, and let me yeah. know. Let me know what you think about this. Yeah. So they come from a different. Uh, are you born here, by the way? No. No. Uh, your parents also they've come here. When when did you come here? Um, sixteen years ago. Sweet. So I came here fifteen years ago. Yeah. Right. So same ballpark. Yeah. So our parents coming from somewhere else have grown up somewhere else, learned their own sets of yeah. values and beliefs somewhere else, right? They come here to sacrifice for our education. I'm just averaging it out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> averaging it yeah, out. Yeah, you know it. what I mean? Lowest <laughs> I mean, common denominator. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm averaging it out. Uh, so they come here for our education, for our betterment, right? And they come and get their sets of values. They want, they want to instill in us, right? But now they're faced with a major culture shock where they don't have age on their sides. So they've already instilled their, they've already held on to their sets of beliefs and values, right? Yeah. And have tried to put it into their own children. But now they have their own set of growing up to do because now they're here at yeah. a much later age as opposed to us kids we can be molded yeah. into whatever like learning languages is so much easier at a, yeah. uh, at a younger age yeah. learning different cultures or just learning as a whole is so much easier as you're younger right because oh, it can yeah. be molded a certain way yeah but that ship has sailed for our parents so uh what i'm trying to convey is that i still think that they've done their best to instill that set of values in us and i don't think they would be unsuccessful at it the average parent right yeah what they might be unsuccessful at it for certain parents would be not being able to mesh the new cultures with our old, like still instilling back home ways of doing things yeah. when, of course, it might not be appropriate for the way of life here, right? Because that's been their success story, right? That's their been success their, back story home. is in their context. Back home. Yeah. But when you come here and, I mean, different parents adapt differently. Mine have... D mine maybe not during high school but over time have done a great job to assimilate both sides yeah. and understand this this way of life compared to their way of life and take the good in both yeah and let's keep it moving forward because yeah. at the end of the day we want to see our son or daughter happy and we want to support this kid in doing whatever career or whatever they want to do in life right yeah and I think that's success. Nature, nurture, and evolution. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, I want to understand this unsuccessful 
point that you were making. Yeah. So this is just kind of a side effect of really good parents being really good parents and not realizing that they set such a high expectation of perfection. Okay. That their daughter went and just decided, you know what, I'm not going to have this relationship, even though I think I'm in love with this guy and I want to pursue this further. Fair. Yeah. But also I was in second year. So what the hell is love? Um <laughs> But what the hell is love ever? Ever thought <laughs> what about the hell that? Is love ever, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, when I, when I broke up with him, is I think when that kill switch should have gone off for them, for me, for you, okay, yeah, because that's when I started to realize that this guy's a little manipulative, and it's not an uncommon story. Hey, I broke up with someone and they got kind of douchey. Of course, I mean that's. That's kind of the regular, yeah, they called me. Okay, we're back to just words. you and the guy just, now, right? Just me okay, and the okay, guy. Okay. Um, let's call them Jesus because I think it's Jesus. Funny. Such a great name. Jesus is a great name. Yes. <laughs> um, Spanish Jesus, so yes. to say. <laughs> Spanish Jesus, yes. Um, so with him, all of a sudden the dynamic shifted from this happy-go-lucky to I don't understand why you're doing this to me. Hmm. I don't understand why you're hurting me and... Were you open with your feelings in the sense that, hey, like, I, um, I mean, I don't want to tell my parents. And even if I do, it's going to be crazy. A shitstorm's going to happen and they might or might not accept you. And I don't want to go down that route, blah, blah, blah. So you've communicated this I communicated that to him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, He's reacting out of the pain of obviously yeah, heartbreak. Yeah. That he, he would miss you. He would, you know. Yeah, and I don't I don't blame him for the pain and I don't really blame him for saying some inappropriate things during that time, but I think what caught my attention really at that still point wrong, was though. it's still wrong to say anything out of desperation just to get a reaction for sure, it's still wrong, but I think what caught my attention was in retrospect when he said, "I think you're a bad person." Mm. Yeah, and not the fact that he said it because people say things in anger, but I did not go, "Hmm, that's not cool. I should probably not pursue this. I went, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe I, I am. am. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. Like, maybe this is, maybe I'm just being manipulative. Like, I'm lying to my parents. I'm not with this guy. I just broke up with him. And clearly, I've wronged him. And I didn't even think about my own happiness. Right. Um, but that's the good in you, right? And that also breaks my heart most when it comes to women questioning themselves in yeah. these type of situations where they actually take this blame and they center it around themselves that, oh, maybe I was a shortcoming in certain characteristics. Yeah. Maybe I am to blame. Maybe You know what I mean? Yeah. All these thoughts that yeah. I'm sure you had at that time. Yeah. And that breaks my heart the most where it's like, no, like it's okay, right? You made a decision. But uh, I'll counter you on that. And here's the thing. I think women and myself included, we like the sense of pity. Like we like playing the victim. Maybe for attention? Not, but I liked playing the victim. I liked being the victim because it's easy. It's easy to be the victim. It's easy to be the one who was wronged because, wow, boo-hoo me. My parents don't want me to date someone, so I'm going to break up with this guy. And this guy tells me I'm I'm, I'm a horrible person. Am okay. I? You know? But okay. there comes with that a uh, real sense of, okay, am I doing the right thing with my life here? Why do I need to be timid? And why is that something, why does somebody else need to tell me that I'm being wronged? There's a shortcoming in the way that I'm analyzing the situation. Okay. And I need to fix that gap because in order for me to succeed in any relationship, 
I'm going to need to know what makes me happy. And I'm going to need to know what it means to like myself. Self-reflection is the most key. Right. And self-awareness, for that matter. Yeah. Is so important. Yeah. Yeah. To succeed so, in anything for this matter. It should have broken my own heart, right? Like I said, it yeah. should, it, it's kind of the process of breaking your own heart to make yourself feel a little bit... It like, all comes okay. around and it all makes sense right? now. Right, right. Um, so at that point, I think that was that was the thing. I want to bring it back to like, yeah, this guy was manipulative and he had his own issues. Can you talk about his manipulation outside of the saying things out of anger yeah. and trying to bring you back with, you know, yeah. horrible words and horrible whatever yeah. things he was spewing at you? What, did Was there anything else on the table yeah. with his manipulation? Oh um, I think over the course of by the week, quote unquote went back and forth like this for about three to four years and i don't want to call it dating because we didn't actually date it was like this dating purgatory where we were comfortably together but not actually you know official right which is what we like doing now uh everybody (laughs) likes doing it so yeah uh sorry i forgot your question (laughs) no uh just uh, uh, any other set of manipulation that he had yeah oh um I always had an insecurity about my intelligence. I went to a pretty good university and then a pretty good sub-college in that university got in. Right. And was not doing that great as as I thought I would, but the not doing that great as I thought I would turned for me into like, I am so stupid. And that's genuinely how I felt for... Honestly, that's genuinely how I still continue to feel for a long time. So did he always make you feel that way in the relationship where he would just kind of say, oh, like you have no idea about this or you have, um, or he would undermine your opinion on things? Is that- Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. And the problem with that was he is extremely well-read. There's nobody I know who's as well-read as this man is. And that's great, but being well-read doesn't mean you have the right of intellectuality above somebody else yeah unfortunately to bring them down to bring them down to bring them down exactly that's what i mean instead of being the person that is debate and it's competition if he's well read great he's gonna have great points however still wouldn't give him the right to like hey i know way more about this than you do that makes you dumb yeah that's where we draw the line like no you have no right to do that yeah and even if he was better than me and we both acknowledge that i think what i wanted was someone to coach me through that thought process. Right. Shouldn't significant others provide that value in each other's lives where, hey, like, uh, I know about this. Like, I would love to, you know, teach you or guide you through these things or topics or whatever, you you know, whatever the topic was at hand at that time. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't do that at all, uh, unfortunately. But again, to his credit, I don't think it was his job to. I should have known. At that point, that this not is necessarily, not necessarily, not necessarily. I it okay. It doesn't become somebody's job to baby someone. That's the key. So, do you think he just felt like he was babying you I all the time? I think so. I think so. I mean, if you think about uh, how timid and just gullible I but was, that's a part. That's a part of being. You know what job that's a part of? That's mm-hmm. a part of being in love with some, love with somebody and embracing their flaws and whatever makes them beautiful, right? I agree. Where I've been in a relationship where m- my ex had severe anxiety issues, yeah. right? And me coming from coming from a world where I wasn't too, and I'll, I'll admit it, I wasn't too educated on the whole yeah. mental health. Uh, I wasn't too aware of mental health issues and stuff like that because I would... I would minimize things to states of minds, right? Mm. So coming from uh, being in a relationship with somebody that had 
anxiety issues that had mental health uh, and legitimate uh, legitimate issues at that, I did a lot of educating myself through her mm-hmm. because at first I might have been that guy, right? That what the would hell's be wrong un- with you? Yeah, what's wrong with yeah. you? This, that. Yeah. Until I did my own reading and I did my yeah. own research where it's like, you know, they don't want to live their life like that either. Ooh, yeah, good point. They don't want to do that either. You think it's fun for them to deal with anxiety? You think it's fun for them to deal with thoughts that they can't control? It's not. And until that click happened in my head, I could then have offered that level of sympathy, that level of empathy that was required to deal with this person, right? But you hit the nail on the head. I think that requires a sense of, or just a a certain amount of self-awareness. But that's my compassion for her that made me want to educate myself. That's Mm. my love for her, right? Where uh, if I'm in a relationship with somebody, I'm accepting them for who they are because Lord knows I'm not perfect either. And this person is accepting my flaws and shortcomings as well. And where it's like, hey, like, uh, let's say I, I lost my cool or something. They might, because they love me, they might actually take it and be like, hey, it wasn't cool for you to do this, blah, 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 because this is how it made me feel. And then I realized, wait, I love this girl, man. Why am I hurting her? Yeah. And then we just mutually agree. And then we move forward. Obviously, this is such a perfect ideal. You know, it never yeah, always yeah. happens, right? Yeah. Uh, but that's the point. My point is that if Every I love somebody... Every relationship should go that way. Yeah. So, and, it's not, not. I, and I just don't want to say that it's not necessarily their job to do so. I understand it, it, babying goes both ways, right? No mm. matter what it may be. I think the word is support. Yeah. Absolutely. Based on just love. Like Support is a mature uh, version yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think I kind you kind you kind of hit the nail on the head. I don't think he loved me. I think he loved the idea of me. Right. That that's powerful. So, the idea of me was pretty two dimensional, and me because was you weren't not. yourself. <laughs> you weren't yourself, right? I wasn't myself. Yeah. Or I don't know. Actually, that's a great question because when are you really yourself at any given state in time? Like it's it's for me, that's a hard it's a hard question because I don't actually recall not feeling like myself in those instances. I just think that I just fit myself into that box. And I was that person at that time. But I didn't realize how influenced that person, that personality was by my boyfriend at the time. Right. So. I think I, I was genuinely myself. I just didn't but expand. I'm, ch- I'm chalking it up to what you said about your parents, about the whole boxing yeah. in of, hey, why don't you be a little quieter? Why don't you be a little more subdued? Yeah. When you actually are, and correct me if I'm wrong, you actually are an outspoken individual. And if you see wrong, you want to point it out and you want to, like, you know what I mean? Like you want, you want to be a bubbly, your bubbly self. Yeah. Yeah. Which you have yeah. every right to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if this person is in love with somebody more subdued, where say you feed his ego by being uh quote unquote less intellectual than he is. It's maybe that's favor. what he wanted, yeah. right? Yeah. What, what, maybe he didn't want to be in a relationship with somebody that eventually learned and learned to talk back and learned to challenge his way of, ways yeah. of thinking. Yeah. Then he would be like, okay, well, like now there's two smart people in this relationship and I'm only supposed to be the smart one. Yeah. So this not working out. Yeah. It leads to, I think it led to boredom on his end <laughs> as I continued to learn to challenge but for an intellectual per- <laughs> but for No, but that's the thing. But for an intellectual person, shouldn't it be great to be challenged, uh, yeah. to be pushed, because boundaries yeah. have to be pushed, right? Like for any, if you can think of any great human being, man or woman, they have pushed boundaries to be where they are, right? They have been challenged. They have challenged what they've learned. They've challenged, they've been challenged by yeah. other people that pushes them to elevate their game to another yeah. level, right? So I would assume that uh, since you said if he's the most learned man that you've ever met in your life, 
competition in the game would always want would have he would like to, it yeah, yeah. especially from a significant other because i don't think i even counted as competition let's be i'm gonna be really blunt at so. no I point think... in time did i actually count as com- in his head and in his head in, in his, his head, head. Yeah. okay so and but I you think... shouldn't be competitive with your significant other right it's just ah, uh, i like it, some healthy competition healthy <laughs> very healthy yeah healthy i i i have had friends in a relationship where they competed with each other like career-wise professional-wise yeah. As rivals. That's amazing. No, no, no. As That might have come out nice. But when I say rivals, as in like the dude was literally jealous of her working oh, in a cool. firm that was more reputable mm. than his where he's like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I don't want to feel jealousy. Yeah. If my wife, if my future wife is doing better than I am. Yeah. I'm out in the cheer. I'm I'm out in the stands with yeah. the number one fan thing on my head, yeah. and I'm cheering her on. Yeah, because that's the support that I want to give her. But you see, that comes with a level of maturity as well. That okay. comes with a realization that I'm okay with me, thus yeah. I'm okay with my partner. Right. Like, but there has to be an I'm okay with me, and I don't think at that point either one of us was. Mm. And I think that informs even his dismissing me when I did ask questions, okay. because he didn't want to be challenged because I think he was insecure and. In his own way about whatever it was that he's dealing with. And, you know, he's got his own set of insecurities and I'm sure mental health issues that (laughs) we both realize by the end of the relationship that he needs to address. So I think it kind of comes from like, I love that you said that, you know, one partner should do this, one partner should do this. But sometimes when it's just a bad mesh and both people haven't gotten help. Recipe for disaster, right? It's a recipe for disaster. So that's kind of where we're at. Recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what the episode should be called at this point. Okay, so we so you mentioned three to four years back and forth of not just ups and downs, but yeah. ons and offs of the relationship itself, right? Uh, can you describe a really dark night or weeks of how how bad that it really got for you? Yeah. That it that you're like, okay, you know what? Enough's enough. I got to change. What was that turning point? where you finally grew up and realized this is not for me? I didn't have the realization that this is not for me probably until after the relationship ended. I think I would like to tell you that... Ended for good after like that yeah, four-year point or whatever. After that four-year No point. more ons and offs. No more ons and offs. And I did not make that choice. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't think that I came to terms with losing the idea of him until probably after the relationship ended because it well for one thing it was a forced ending my, my friends hated his guts wow yeah my friends hated him usually that's how it happens right like nobody around yeah. you nobody around you likes anything about him but you we're so the people yeah. inside of the relationship are so blinded by the love the infatuation right and also the personal issues the mental health issues right. honestly you're just you're in this weird twilight zone where you think... So can you... Uh, sorry, no, finish your point. Yeah. So, And I think that's th- that would be the darkest time for me. It was the the rejection of the idea of me by him. Because I'm already... Think about it. I'm thinking I'm not very intelligent. I'm not doing very very well. At that point, I graduated and, ha- and, and gotten a job that I did not like or do well at. Okay. And it had now been about five years since I'd felt successful at doing anything. And the last hope that I had and the last piece of success that I thought that I would have in my life was walking away from me. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Even after all the abusive conversations, even after uh, 
even after seeing other people. <laughs> oh, um, other people were uh, caught other up people in the mix were involved <laughs> for both parties. <laughs> for both parties. Interesting. Wow. And we're still and you're still feeling that still feeling pulled back to that original guy, right? That yeah. guy particularly. Yeah. yeah. Can you define these mental uh, health issues from your end and from or a guess on his? Um, so on my end, I think it has it had to do with two things actually. Addiction to drama, which I don't think is like a thing that people talk about a lot. That's very interesting. Addiction to drama. You know what the first thing that comes to my mind is? Yeah. A brown auntie. <sighs> a nosy neighbor that always has... When you say addiction to yeah. drama, they live their lives peeking into others. No. So this was an addiction to... I know I know that's not the yeah, case for you, yeah, but like yeah. that's the first thing that comes to mind. That's the first thing that came so to mind. So can you expand on your particular addiction to drama? Yeah. It was the cat and mouse game. It was the you know, you're a bad person. No, I'm not. And then, Those you know, playful you're a bad person. That are being I don't know played? if it's playful. No, it's it was a- actually a, you know, you're, I think you're a horrible person. I think what you did to me by, uh, at some point leaving me for somebody else okay. was a horrible thing to do. And now, you know, um, I think you're just masking how shitty you actually are hmm. by doing all these nice things for people. That's why I think you turned around and gave me those notes. <laughs> you were just, you were an imposter. That's yeah. insane. I, it, I mean, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. But guess what? It's even more insane to believe it. <laughs> yeah, no. That's that's why I said it was insane because, uh, like, you turned around to you didn't when you turned around and give those notes, you weren't thinking on that level. No, I wasn't. You really weren't. You were just like, oh, uh, guy asking for notes. I'm a I'm a decent person. Let me help this person out. Yeah. That's yeah. as deep as it would would have gotten in your mind. I'm yeah. just assuming but yeah yeah but i think it it kind of um there was no chess to be played there (laughs) you know you think there was no chess to be played there but i think it goes back to his belief that i or him manipulating me to feel like i was not good enough even at the things that i thought i thought i could make up for my lack of intelligence with being nice and he called me okay he called me out on it he said just because you're not intelligent or you think you're not intelligent does not mean that you can just pretend to be nice. And that's how we put it. And I was... But this is an illusion. You, it uh, is. It is an illusion that he's creating to whatever, I guess, dissect you with pain and just kind of break you down even further. But you see how it's such an ins- exciting narrative? And that's the that's where the addiction to drama comes in because it's this amazing narrative about me that I'd never heard before. Which isn't true, though. I agree. Yeah, but that, me with my <laughs> low self-esteem thought, well, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, at that point, at that point, which I, I'm not taking right? away from you at all, right? And uh, that makes sense. Uh, so, uh, I mean, instead of addiction or drama, like you're just intrigued by this new perspective that he's throwing at you, which you, I mean, in your brain, you didn't really think is possible because you're not that type of person, but he's spewing these things at you and which are creating new possibilities or yeah. thoughts of thinking. It's or, just new doubt. thoughts, yeah, yeah. or oh, doubt. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Perfect way to put it. It created doubt for sure. And I think I did the same thing for him. And you but, know how convenient it is that we forget the things that we've done. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but I mean, I can think of instances where I manipulated him back and I said, you're a horrible person and um, you don't deserve love in your life. And, you know, you've done all these manipulative things. Like I'm allowed to manipulate you back or I'm allowed to leave you for somebody, even though I know we're, we're I, kind know, of together. We're kind of together. Hmm. And I let myself slide. So what the heck? No. Um, And again, it comes down to that kill switch. Neither one of us at that point thought, this is not okay. We're not self-aware enough to realize that this this is the reason we're getting angered. 
you know, I am insecure about my intelligence and um, I don't think I've had the ability to express myself properly without 10 thoughts of like, you're really shitty. Yeah. And him on the other end with his, um, to go back to your question about what I thought that he had, I, he was raised in a pretty uh, competitive and meritocratic environment and he had to fight tooth and nail to get what he to get had. the intellectual capital. Hmm. Does he have siblings that he had to compete with, or like yeah, his whole yeah. family is just smart? Where he had to fill certain shoes. Yeah, right? and I think a lot of his insecurities came from his his parents as well, who yeah. kind of pushed him to. Are they South Asian? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't want to push this stereotype. But that being but said, yeah, I yeah. have a lot of friends who are from different cultures who have very similar stories. To agreed. Tell. Agreed. Um, yeah. So he just happened to come from that culture. But I feel like that was separate. I think he had some genuine issues because it meant everybody around him was probably smarter than he was. Right. And he was the runt. Yeah. So he felt that complex. Uh, he felt happens, that complex. Right? Yeah. That I was going through and bullies people who get bullied make good bullies right and right? maybe maybe now he's self-aware to the point where if he reflects if he brings those two things together where he felt like he was the i don't know what the right word is like where he was the guy that had to always match up to everybody else when he balances that with you know i maybe i shouldn't have undermined her from time to time because she felt the way i feel in my own family yeah Right? Or my own friends. Or friends, friends or whoever, circle. whoever yeah, you hang out with. Yeah. yeah. Or whoever he felt the need of like, crap, I have to operate at this high efficiency efficiency just to match their IQ. Yeah. Which like, I mean, should never be the case, but yeah. yeah. But with both of us being addicted to the drama and being addicted to the story of it all, yeah. didn't even think that this is, this could be a dynamic conversation. Didn't even think to honestly th- make it work. Like we, we liked the story the way it was. We liked the drama the way it was. Right. Deep down. You know, um, and that's those are the weeks that I remember just feeling the worst, feeling the sense of rejection and feeling like, oh, crap, the story has ended, even though it was a horrible story to begin with. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was right. a horrible story to begin with. We were horrible for each other. And hindsight's twenty twenty, though, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. But here's the thing. What changed was at some point the kill switch went off. And this was around the time that he was seeing someone else. And I was just pining for him. And somehow at that point, I thought, like, this is not healthy. I'm not the kind of person to go for someone who's seeing someone else. Just just on the basis of it all. I know we've got history, but just seems like not a me thing to do. If, I, if the one thing that I can assume I am is a half-decent person, doesn't seem like something I would do, but I did it. So, like, what's up with that sliding scale of morality there? Uh, yeah, no, you're yeah. right. So tell me about this turning point. Tell me about when you put the gavel down. Oh my God. I just started driving and I drove into someone else's lane because I was screaming into the phone. Are you talking to him? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> Holy and crap. And then I realized I've just, I've just almost endangered somebody else's life. Yeah. Because I'm having a panic attack. And yours. Yeah. 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 And my own. And yours. Because yeah. I'm having a panic attack. And that's best. Because you're so frustrated to a point where now, you know. Something had to give, and I just remember that was pretty much like the lowest of the low that I could go. Just screaming into the phone, crying, hysterical. It's like a kid who didn't get what they wanted, 
and like, oh shit, my story's over. Like this was a perfect thing. We were a good balance. We were right. great, like we were great to present. And I, dude, I have this addiction to our drama. <laughs> like, why are you ending the drama, man? Right. Um. So paint the picture. You went home after that. What realization finally came to you? I need help. Did I'm still need... in love with him, but I need help. So I'm guessing the conversation on the phone was uh, about him seeing somebody else, but you still feel. Yeah. I think so. That way for him? It was a long time okay. ago, but yeah, I think fair, so. fair. Yeah. Something because I mean, it's, it sucks being at that in that position, yeah. right? Yeah. Where you, your heart is uh, calling out to somebody that is seeing somebody else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice way to put it. Your heart is calling out to somebody. <laughs> I just, I would like to just call it like I didn't get what I wanted. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's flowery language to mean the exact same thing. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I, yeah, I remember just going home and thinking, I yeah, I do love him. And, and this is all happening without your parents knowing. At that point, they knew. Um, they so yeah, so where where's the help coming from? Let's 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 talk about the positives. Yeah, now. where did the help come from? Um, I had one best friend who's been with me through every single breakup that I've ever had. Wow! And she told me that from this moment on, six months from now you will be happy. And she said, just, I, she said, I know that you don't see it, but I've seen your life. I hate that friggin' advice in that moment, in that moment. But I trusted her. Yeah. By the way, she's absolutely right about yeah, that whole yeah, thing. Because six months later, yes, you're, I mean, we have our goggles on at that time, right? Yeah. That are our nearsighted goggles at that yeah. time where it's like, holy crap, the pain right now is so intense. It could never get any better than yeah. this. However, it does because time does eventually heal certain yeah. wounds. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she meant time will eventually heal certain wounds. I think she genuinely said, I, I know who you are and I know you're, you're seeking fulfillment. Awesome. And I know that you will find it because you're constantly looking for it. Right. And she, she gave me proof. She said, look, uh, back when you were dating so-and-so. Sorry, you will find another guy? Um... The, uh, because you're constantly looking for You know what? I asked her a specific question. I said, like, is it another guy? And she said, yeah, maybe. But she said, you know what? At this point, you might even just be happy alone. But the point is that you're, like, you are at such a low and you have been at such a low that I can't see why you won't be happy in six months if you just stop dating. With or without man. another guy. That's what I mean. Because I'm getting to a point here. Okay, she said she didn't care. So being happy, no, that's a very respectable point. Yeah. Because uh, what I was getting at is, uh, you will find somebody else in the sense that that sentence, you will find somebody else. Because in my life, uh, sorry, you will find something else because you're constantly looking for it. That's the point that I was trying to uh, that she was trying to make. uh, Because I was constantly looking for a relationship. But in my life, that has never worked out that way. Really, dude. The more it's like, okay, uh, you know when you grip sand at the beach? Oh, yeah. And the harder you grip, yeah. the more it slips out of your hands? That's what it, it is when I am seeking a relationship. So things like that have always happened in my life when I have found happiness in other places and my life is telling me, hey, uh, now it's time to focus on this. This is life's way, universe's yeah, way yeah. of saying it. So if, this depart- if that department where I wasn't contending was a relationship, yeah. And the life thinks that I've done my learning 
you know, learning is forever. But yeah. it, for now, at this stage, you've done your learning here. Time to throw a bowling ball. Yeah, here. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then this comes out, yeah. right? And then I'm like, holy crap. I, then I meet a girl and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the more I've realized that I, even now. The less I'm, organic it is, you think? the the No, just like the more I'm running after it, right? Mm, like yeah. even right now, coming out of a four and a half year relationship, a very intense one at that where I thought we were going to end up married. Yeah. And in in long relationships you get so used to that person yeah. right being around and you are you're married to that image in your head yeah. right and you want that for the rest of your life so as soon as it's snatched away from you your life just starts in the beginning just loses its meaning yeah. loses the love loses the colorful yeah. uh flowers that were blooming you know everywhere across uh, what changed you know, just because right? i what ran changed? after her is that it yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what i mean but uh, what i'm trying to say is yeah so now at this point now life has come to me and says hey that learning that we thought you were good back then you suck at it now time to learn that so this department yeah. of love yeah, yeah, yeah. is going to be closed because now it's maybe it's time for you to self reflect and get that knowledge game up and get your own self-awareness going to a point where you know what you don't need somebody else to hold your hand just to be happy you just need yourself this is a great great point and i feel like i have such a deferring view about it and i have a hard time i have Talk such a hard time yeah i have a really hard time telling people i think they're wrong about this i don't think you need to be alone in order to learn key things you can grow up with someone and I, I, let's let's paint a picture Let's say this had worked out and you still continue to run after it. My my relationship. Your relationship. Let's say, you know, like you said, I feel like every time I've run after someone, it's ended badly. But guess what? There's going to be that one time that you ran after someone. No, no, that's not what I mean with that. Okay. I just mean like, okay, for instance, I'm single right now, right? Yeah. The yearning and like, oh my God, I just want to meet somebody. I just want to get into a relationship. That's what I mean. I'm not saying ah, I feel, I, I, okay, I, I'm okay. not saying I feel that right now yeah, yeah, yeah. because I don't, because I learned as much as I do, I'll be honest with you, as much as I do hate being single and I feel like, you know, love is such a beautiful thing. Everybody should experience it. I have learned to understand the value of seeking that happiness and validation from within myself first. Yes. Before it is uh, projected out to yeah. any person that I love that I meet. Yeah. Right. And grow grow into loving and grow into having another relationship. I want to be able to, I, I understand the value now that, hey, this love needs to uh, come from within you first. Right? I agree. That I mean, there's this age old saying where it's like, uh, how are you going to expect to love somebody else when you don't even love yourself? Yeah. yeah. Right. It's the age old saying. And you know, it also has to do with how could you expect to walk away from something that you think is unhealthy if you did not love and yourself you're abs- in the first place. And you're absolutely so like right about that. In or out. You are 200% right about yeah. that because when I look back in my relationship, it is a ton of sacrificing yeah. for the other person. Is It is a ton of stomping on my own happiness to make something work for somebody else because I had blinded myself to, I had blinded myself to knowing that, oh, you know what? Maybe this is a girl that I'm going to marry. So I'm just going to have to get used to yeah. living life the way I was at that time. But then, you know, life had its way of closing that door on me and saying, dude, this is not the way to live life. Yeah. Yeah. You think you're being objective and you think you're being balanced, but ultimately you're constantly chipping away at yourself. I was not balanced at all because I don't want to put this on her. And I mean, whatever has happened in my life after we broke up, my life just 90 degree 
perpendicular angle just yeah. shot up. Yeah. Okay. Not to say anything towards her because I wish her the exact same, if not more, level of positivity, success, everything in her life. You know, what some I mean? things need to burn in order to. Some things need something to burn. Out. Yeah, and yeah. and that did. And until I got out and had my own uh, hindsight is twenty twenty moment. Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, like uh, not only me. By the way, I don't want to take anything away from her. There were things that I was at fault for as well. Yeah. There were things that I apologized for. There were things that uh, you know, that were totally I was responsible for yeah. doing that caused maybe her harm or her like you know sadness or whatever. But honestly, misery, if you right? were self aware of how much hurt you were causing yourself, that would have. But I had to separate myself. Yeah, exactly. right. And and then until that happened, I wasn't able to really. I didn't understand when I was in there. Because yeah. I just accepted that way of life. I knew I had to, there was a bit of an imbalance between my parents and hers in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, accepting this, that, blah, gotcha. blah, blah. So I was just ready to fight these struggles for the rest of my life and everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's just when you're just there, but because I, I'm, a, is that is that being a hopeless romantic? Just kind of. It's a good question. I don't know if it's being a hopeless romantic. I just think that... You, you know when people say that? They're just like, oh, I'm mm. such a hopeless romantic. I fall head over heels. I'm uh, a hopeless romantic. Every, yeah, so, so what do you mean by that when you say that? Um, but I think that has more to do with like, you'll fall for... F- you love the idea of love. I do. Right? And you do. Um, and I think at that point, I don't know if I would call it you being a hopeless romantic so much as just you thought that this was... Like you said, you thought this was going to be the rest of your life. You had You had closed yourself up into whatever mold that she wanted you to be or whatever mold you thought you need to be in yep. order to be quote unquote happy. Yep. And man, the, the you know, the the rose colored glasses, like you can put many of them on before <laughs> before realizing, right? Yeah, until reality hits you, until, right? Until, yeah, until you just trip and that's it. So I don't know if it would be being a hopeless romantic, but just, you know, you just didn't see like you were hopeless for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. But no, that's true. That yeah. is true. Um, so yeah, so uh, I think we were talking about yeah. So the moment, fi- so the seeking help. Yeah, the kill and switch. Your best friend. No kill switch happened. You have started seeking help from your best friend. She gave you great advice yeah. at that time, which turned out to be true. Any other people that you uh, were seeking help with? And I uh, got therapy. Can you talk about that? Because I'm going to ask you this from a personal standpoint, where uh, sometimes I feel like. I need it or I don't need it or something like that. I've always, ever since that breakup happened, yeah, I have become, I actually became the opposite of myself mm. in the sense that I used to be a very vocal, outgoing, expressive, expressive being the uh, most important word mm-hmm. here, expressive indi- uh, human being, uh, just the way in living life. So after the breakup happened and after certain things with, you know, certain friends, shit went south, I became very reserved yeah. Very bottled up, very, yeah, just into myself in the sense that at the end of the day, the man in the mirror that I see every morning is the person that's only going to have your back. Mm. Right? So it's lack of trust. And lack of trust plus just in a way before being so expressive and being like, hey, uh, this was happening in my life. Not help me out, but I used to like, you know, talk to everyone around yeah, me, yeah. stuff like that, right? Now I'm internalizing. You were just perfect. all embracing. Yeah, all embracing, yeah. not internalizing into me, uh, into myself in the sense that, you know what, if I got me and no matter how dark it gets, no matter how crazy it gets, at the end of the day, I find my answers from within and I yeah. keep life pushing. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if I'm sad, I 
personally get to the bottom of it first before I'd be like, man, like I'm just feeling down. Why? Uh, you know, facing this is that. Now I live life with a sense of gratitude. I live life with a whole new sense of purpose. Yeah. Right. Especially uh, separating myself from my job, doing this. Um, yeah. And just thinking on a different and just thinking yeah. on a different wavelength now, right? Yeah. Because when you don't have a leash around your neck, you think differently. Yeah. And I mean that in a very nice way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the whole like nine to five, all that, that yeah. I mean that in a very it's nice way. It's got its own merits and it's and huge more flaws. more power to those people that do find happiness yeah. from that. Yeah. Right? At the end of the day, we all define happiness differently. But yeah. that but my point is I've become very internalized, yeah. right? Now are you happy with who you are? Honestly, no, because it comes out in my relationship sometimes uh such as uh whether my parents whatever where where i'm really really trying to be happy and supportive and a cheerful dude when they come home from work or i'm really trying to be my old self where i used to be that guy right and it doesn't come out and that frustrates me even more because my parents deserve a cheerful son. They deserve a cheerful... Ooh, uh, yeah. that's a loaded statement. You know what I mean? They do. Uh, because they, I, I can tell you uh, firsthand, they put in a lot of effort to be uh, cheerful and uh, just happy-go-lucky themselves. Just being happy people, right? So... Why, why not do they, you? Why, yeah, why, why, why not me? And why do they always catch me kind of just always thinking about things, always pondering, always living in another moment? So that I make two sense? things about that, actually. Please. I, I, I see where you're coming from and I see what like you're like, oh, is this just the new me? Or is this something that I can work on because I'm trying to go back to my old self? Right. Use, use the word happiness. And that is what got me into therapy, by the way. I said the same words. I just want to be happy. And my therapist looked at me as probably my one of my first few sessions the second time around. Okay. Said, I don't understand this illusion of happiness. He said, you know, you've got a lot of other emotions, right? You know, anger, sadness. These are things. And I hope you put give them as much validity as you give happiness. And somehow that just kind of put the weight off my shoulders. That's very powerful. I'll be right, right off the bat. That's very powerful because what you just said, putting validity on the other human emotions, which are, should be given equal attention. Attention. Right. Maybe not importance, but attention. Yeah, there we go. Thank you for saying that. Because my, uh, I mean, I guess our importance would be given the happiness, right? That ever yeah. elusive state of mind. Yeah. That's yeah. always just kind of fluttering away, yeah. right? And we're running towards it, uh, whether we find happiness from our significant others, parents, friends, whoever, wherever yeah. the happiness is, yeah. right? We are always chasing this elusive eternal state of happiness yeah yeah right and it's not it doesn't exist it's a it's a lie does not exist and having a mental health professional tell me that somehow i was like yeah you sound right (laughs) 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 so you kind of just offload um the internalizing to somebody else and then they go by the way you're internalizing and you're like oh that's true yeah and then every you know every time you'll catch yourself doing that you'll start changing your behavior or you'll start I think that's my problem because I've, uh, by the way, I've said more than I have in this specific episode out loud than I have. Like these are thoughts that I have in my head, right? And um, this therapist point that you brought up, like I just kind of became my own therapist and I just kind of give myself my own pep talk and I just keep it moving, right? Which works sometimes, which works for most people, I find. Temporarily. At least for me, Mm -hmm. I think. I think it works temporarily because in that frame of mind, at that specific moment when I needed myself and I picked myself up, sure. Yeah. But there's no permanence of 
there's I, at least I don't think because again well, I'm back chasing that elusive yeah, yeah. Uh, state of happiness yeah. right and I'm back taking my mind off to that just temporary sadness that I felt in that moment or whatever it may be right you know what a good measure of thinking okay I need therapy now if you've noticed the same problem come up like three or four times in a lot of explosive ways I'm probably a 30 or 40 at this point I'll okay. be honest yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and here's the thing just go talk to someone yeah. who is just objective about the, the human brain. Hmm. You might not get anything out of it, but you might pick up like one thing. Like the only thing, to be honest with you, that I got from therapy was the happiness is not a thing and be okay with being sad. And now it's fulfillment that I'm looking for. And fulfillment entails to me sadness. It entails to me like just being genuinely tired. Okay. It entails anger. It entails all of that. And yeah. No, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because yeah. just like happiness, people have different definitions of these words. Fulfill, yeah. Fulfillment, especially. I think we differ on that because I tie fulfillment with that elusive happiness, oh. with that elusive state of the state of that happiness is nature. Yeah. Right. That's uh, always just running away. And so if I end up grabbing that, fulfillment comes with it mm. for me. Uh, because you you synonymized fulfillment yeah. with um, feeling whatever way tired yeah. or you know whatever it is right. It's which whatever is great. you are in the and state I'm of glad mind that we you're can at. differentiate yeah. that. Which is and that's okay. But now, uh, to so you kind of link the two. I link the two because yeah, because I will be yeah. fulfilled. Like you know when when yeah. you're really hungry and you eat eat a big meal, you're yeah. more fulfilled. Yeah. Than you you know eat at a caloric deficit and you just eat a little bit. That you're yeah. not hungry anymore, but you know, like three hours, four hours later, you you yeah, want another yeah. meal, right? Yeah. But if I ate like something crazy, like a high calorie yeah. meal, then it's like, you know what? I'm good for six, seven hours. Yeah. So to you, fulfillment is actually like the act of doing something and then achieving something else or something like some sort of action. Feeling or, fulfilled yeah. for me is achieving that achieving. elusive state mm -hmm. of, no, achieving that elusive mm -hmm. state of happiness. Whatever that is, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, because so far, my professional job, which, by the way, is good in certain people's eyes, yeah. in society's eyes, I'm doing well for myself, yeah. right? Yeah. That wasn't uh, happy for me. Yeah. That didn't bring that about. What else can I say? I went to a good university as well, you know, degree and all that stuff. So you didn't actually feel fulfilled in those things? At all, not even close. Mm. Not even close because my heart was not in it. My heart seems to be in this right now, this podcast, this uh, this way of living particularly, yeah, right? Yeah. However, why do I now still catch myself still being sad? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, like w happiness is supposed to be where you are, not where you think it should be. No, yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. And my problem is that my thought of where it should be is like always never where I am. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's it's, a problem. And I, I should be able to control it, but I find myself and I cannot. But right? I don't think you should be able to control it. Like, sorry, but f feeling like you need to be happy. You know, like people who get sad because they're not happy because they're sad about not being happy? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> just be sad. So you just want them to be sad, but that's no re what's the resolution to that? I challenge that because guess what? Then you figure out what the sadness is about, and every time you feel sad, you go, "Oh, okay, that's but what if insecurity." They did that? What if they did that? What if you did then that? Then what? You know what happens? Sadness does pass, just like night passes into day and day passes into night. Then what happens is your problems begin to evolve, and that's what you want. You want to have bigger and better problems. You you leveled up. No, but I don't want bigger problems. Why not?
it's the, it's the meat of life. Okay, let me put it this way. You went to university, one, one checkbox, one hurdle, right? One problem. You got your designation, huge hurdle. I guess, I guess what you mean you is- You leveled up, you leveled up, yeah, and now you're here. Which I'm down for. That I'm down for. I just mean, but you're right. I mean, life does bring about so many greater problems. Right? Uh, right? And uh, I, I mean, I truly But why think- doesn't that translate to mental, mental life? It's the same thing. You just continue to work through the problems that you've yeah. had. And okay. once you, truly you've addressed an issue, dude, you just, like you said, you changed after that relationship, you change. It just... Yeah. You come to peace with that particular, with that particular situation. Thing. And then yeah. you just get into a whole new level of depth. Then you start pondering things like, I don't know, consciousness. It's just random. I haven't gotten to that stage. Okay. But then you kind of, it, literally your universe expands. And you start empathizing more with other people. I think I'm there, though. I think With so. that. With that. I think Empathizing with people and uh, being able to relate to them. Yeah. And being able to make them feel comfortable. and Whatever. Like, when we talk about yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And that, yeah. That, that, comes with, that comes with the growth, right? Right. So, that my point here is, like, embrace the fact that you think you might need help. Embrace hmm. the sadness. Talk about it more. And if you don't want to talk about it, think about it more. Which I do though. I, I I spend honestly. I feel like I spend an unhealthy amount of time uh, oh, with in my in, in my head. head. Yeah, in my own head. Yeah. And like I said, because I've become more reserved and stuff like that. That being said, though, I have found a certain level of happiness in this new way of living life. There you go. Where you change something. I don't about feel yourself. like yeah. What yeah. like I don't feel like always going. I mean, I never really always went out or whatever. But you know what I mean. Like just to, uh, I'm very aloof now. You're not trying to escape. From yourself. I'm not escaping anything yeah. because, yeah, like there's nothing to escape from. And if I have to run, I'm going to run into myself. Excellent. To uh, yeah. face whatever I need to yeah. face and stuff like that. But, you know, my point is that, I mean, it's still elusive. Yeah. And guess what? Therapy's not going to make you happy. Like, nothing's going to make you happy. And therapy is a but good way. How does way anybody to... change that, though, right? Um, yeah. I don't know. See, I, see, I, yeah. I, I don't. That stumped me. Yeah. Those are conversations. Eventually, I can't have myself anymore because I'm stumped. And if I'm the only person that I go to for answers for certain yeah. things, and I don't have an answer, but that's you're not supposed to have an answer. Hmm. Like what? What's th- there's the fun is in not knowing and in exploring. I'm not saying there isn't an answer. I'm saying like, why are you worried about? No, that you're right about answer? that last statement. Yeah, I, I do find joy in the in some level of unknown and uncertainty. But that's life, right? In seeking it. Yeah, like, in seeking it. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then and then that's like, life, yeah. That's but that like you said, oh that's life, but that's that's literally all of life. Why are yeah. you not embracing all of life? Hey. <laughs> 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 Looks like our guest over here has all the answers. <laughs> no, I got and this is the thing. And I, I I didn't go to therapy for that, but I I actually I did to quite a certain extent. I got I went to therapy just to honestly normalize myself. To be okay Sweet. with being sad. To be okay with myself. And like from infidelity to honestly, sometimes stupidity, um, to moments of pure genius, to knowing that I didn't have that much capacity to love someone, Hmm. to like everything, just to embrace the fact that, oh, like I, if given the right nurture environment, I can really be the better version of myself. However, I need to choose to place myself in those environments. That's important. Okay. So... That's what that's what the therapy taught me. And that's what I continue to still struggle with. Like, how do I put myself in this environment 
and you made a change, such a huge one in yours, where you knew something wasn't right, right? In, in, in the work that you were doing, you did not feel like this is what you wanted to do with the rest of your life. Right. I don't want to use the word and, happy. And I didn't want to sit there complaining about it and not doing anything about it. There you it, go. Right? So eventually my frustration reached a certain height where it's like, okay, dude, we're at the edge of the cliff. If you don't change anything about your life, we're just going to fall off. Yeah. Do you want to fall off? The answer is no. So what are you going to do to change the way you're feeling at this being on the edge of the cliff? Yeah. Okay. I got to quit my job. I do have to listen to my heart. I want to do this podcast thing. I want to do, you know what I mean? Just yeah. kind of, I uh, just distance myself. I want to travel. I want to do other things in my life. And guess what? That's all, the, all of those things I'm doing. Right. That's amazing. And, um, do you see how like, it's so cool because having that designation, somebody else probably sat opposite you and said, that's amazing. But even this is, do you see how every part of your journey is so cool to somebody else? I, I mean, I, yeah, but it's I mean, I, I do that humbly though, right? But you're living it day to day, so you're like, yeah, doing I live it day to day, right? yeah, yeah. I do it humbly, right? Like in the sense that, like, I, I always want to ground myself. That yeah. I don't want to yeah. ever, I don't ever want to have a balloon head where it expands and yeah, your ego. Yeah. You know what I mean? I never yeah. want to do that yeah. for myself. But uh, but thank you. Like if it, if it's intriguing, I, I again, I just want it to be relatable, and I want people to be able to say that you know what i can make this change in life and as scary as it is as crazy as it is because we're so used to living life paying bills and having this structure around us it's okay to let it go yeah. because uh, at the end of the day i never want either my future kids to feel like is to say that i was never there for them or my parents to say i was never there for them or my friends to say that i was never there for them in the sense that all these things when life events happen, you're not going to think about how crazy your boss is yeah. or how, you know, your problems at work or certain files that you don't want to work on Yeah. when your mom's in the hospital Yeah. or your buddy needs you or whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? Because that life event is a lot more, there's a lot more at stake with that there's than just your job. And your job constricts your thinking, right? Yeah. Because it creates these false... Or expect no, no yeah. yeah no no, no. I, I mean just in terms of life events oh, in terms yeah, of absolutely. knowledge hell yes yeah expands yeah. it where it creates these constricting and almost false pressures of importance like yeah. Yeah. right of of importance yeah. where we might have valued something else but we crushed it for this job and now we are finding a rena renewed sense of purpose and importance in this job which you at your heart of hearts weren't really happy with in the first place. Yeah. It's kind of, it's I, I, I'm thinking of the word recalibrate. You somehow yeah. like you just force yourself to recalibrate. Yeah. Because that's the life I'm living. I got to be okay with it. This is the way it is. Yeah. And granted, I'm able to do these things. I'm able to quit my job because there's certain factors in my life that allow it to be so. Yeah. Right. If I had a kid, if I had a wife, if I had a mortgage, of course, I can't just say, who knows? La -da. but no, that's the thing. Then I need a, <laughs> Then I need a lot of money in my bank account to be able to support literally everything, right? Yeah. But right now it supports me and my bills. Yeah. But I do want to obviously, as grateful as I am for all, all that my parents have given me, I want to give 20 million times back to them because they deserve it in my eyes, yeah. right? So right now I'm serving myself, but I want to serve them too, right? You know, and by the way, South Asian culture right here, folks. Yeah. It's, and, and this is the beautiful part of it. I don't think that the, the connection that you feel with your parents can compare to 
anything in the world. Right. 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 And like this, and this is the beautiful part of it. This is the beautiful part of our, our upbringing that we feel that like just that nothing can compare. And this was instilled from back home, by the way. Yes. Right. This goes back to the because roots. this is yeah. just the norm and the culture back home. Yeah. Where like yeah. how could how dare you not be respectful of your parents? Like <laughs> yeah. you know how dare you not love your parents? Maybe not respect. Right. How dare you not love your parents? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But now it's like th- that's the only thing that we see, right? And but I I just just a cautionary tale like of like mine. Don't let the love run away and have you honestly die with it. Don't hmm. be a masochist. And I think you've done a good job at recalibrating, but also understanding that, you know, you will get the support where you need it for the time being. And you know when to give help. Right. And to, right. And to give the support. Have you found that love with your parents? Oh, absolutely. Great. Um, years of fighting later. Um, and that fighting needs to happen. And that's, that's what I'm saying that, that turmoil needs to happen in order yep. for something good to come out yep. of it. Yeah. Years of fighting later, years of not being timid for later. them to you for them to understand you and you to understand, to understand them and them. that bridge to be built right yeah. where you can meet in the middle yeah and and that's what therapy helped with as well speaking of kill switch like therapy helped with interacting with my parents and taught me oh you know what that's probably why i wanted to be timid around him because that's what i was taught to be right um and then thereafter forgiving my parents awesome yeah and awesome. that having them forgive me right and, and then now i be How's the situation now? Uh, my parents and I are great. I still live at home. Um, I am doing really well at work. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm learning so much. And to me, that's that that's the purpose of my living. Like that, if I don't learn something in a day, or if I don't better myself, that's that's it. There's no point. That's very amazing that you said that. Yeah. Because that's important. Oh God, that's important. It's the only thing. We're always evolving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're always evolving, right? Yeah, and yeah. we always want to uh, better ourselves in any way. Yeah, whether it's knowledge or as a person, it's important to always be growing yeah. and always be learning. Yeah, and if a day doesn't go and being by, being open to it. Yeah, yeah. Being if a open day to doesn't it. go by where I'm not open to that learning and I'm not open to the fact that I, I think back and I go, I could have done that better, and I think I just killed the day. Like I was amazing. That's a boring day to me. Yeah, you don't feel a fulfilled. Good day is, you don't feel yeah, yeah. accomplished. And that's amazing that you said that because that's a beautiful way of living life. Yeah. That and is. that's what therapy taught me. Therapy taught me to be more holistic, to be more nuanced and to say, you know, that relationship, probably not the most holistic thing. That was part of your story. That's not the whole of you. Right. And like, by the way, just off of a tangent, we actually broke up in a, in a hotel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of heartbreak hotel. Interesting. That's, um, that's very interesting. Wow. But, you know, just the journey back from that and I'm in a... I'm in an amazing relationship right now. Sweet. Yeah. I'm happy that you, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And not s- stars in the sky kind of relationship. I mean, I'm in a relationship where my partner stands up for himself and I stand up for myself when we need to. We allow ourselves personal space. We are uncomfortably honest with each other. Nice. Yeah. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. how it should be. And and yeah, so and you've now from the lessons that you've learned in your past relationship, you've learned to find that new balance, yes. right? Uh, you've learned to uh, be okay with yourself. You've learned to express yourself. And do you feel that you are now yourself truly with your partner? Oh, yeah. That's Absolutely. important. That's important. I mean. And he allows you to be that as well. He allows you to blossom as whatever flower that you want to. 
as opposed to and, and love you for your flaws and whatever yeah. you have to bring yeah. to the table. But because that's the point of love, right? And it's reciprocated. I mean, I think it. Like I said, it would be boring if you were perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. No, you're right about that. So, uh, do you have a parting gift to whoever is listening? In the sense that, at the end of the day, from your lessons, from whatever you've learned in your life, what is the key takeaway for them? For your specific episode. When in doubt, go talk to a professional if you have the means to. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I, and that's one thing I'm very happy and very grateful for you to be so open about talking about therapy. Coming from a South Asian background, I'm sure there's parents out there that's like, oh my God, my daughter or son is uh, seeking therapy. I oh didn't my tell God. my parents for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because of that fear. Yeah. But once they knew, what did they? How did they react? Um, this is a great question. So once they knew, they said, "Are you sure you need it?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm a mess." <laughs> and, Glad uh, your honesty is great. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, "Why?" I said, "That's why I go to therapy to talk to them about it, <laughs> not you." And, do ever, but do they ever feel that like, oh man, like why can't she just come to us? Yes, they felt a lot of guilt. They felt mm. a lot of guilt because they said that um, sometimes I would come home and fight with them about things and they knew that it was because of therapy because I'd gone, eventually when I did end up telling them, they knew at that point that it was because that I'd, I'd spoken to my therapist and honestly, what human being wants you to go in their minds, tattle to somebody else. Right, right. Who, uh, you know, is a professional and then come back and fight with you about it, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, they felt guilty. And and again, it kind of went full circle where they felt guilty and I and I sat there and said, it's okay. I'm here to support you. I understand that that must have been a challenging decision for you to maybe force me to do something. I'm sure that must have been hard on you too. And I remember one one time I walked into my parents' bedroom at four in the morning. We'd had a fight. No way. I walked in at four in the morning. I woke my mom up and I said, I just realized you're only human. (laughs) Holy crap. At four in the morning, you just just wanted to say that to her. You woke her up out of sleep. She, yeah, we, she went to bed angry and just both of us were crying. So like, I just went in, woke her up and said, you know, I, like it just clicked. You're just human. Yeah. And they are. It's true. And that from that day on, like she's my best friend because she knew that she could be herself. Yeah. And that she could share. Hey, by the way, you remember that one time that I told you not to do this thing? It's because I was worried about this. Right. That's it. I mean, as human beings, no matter how, at what age we grow up, we can learn a lot of things, but we don't always have it figured out. Yeah. Right? And even our parents, they don't always have it figured out. They don't. And just like you said, they are human. So they may react. They may also battle it out the same human way that you are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, but that makes for the bridge to actually be built. Yeah. For you guys to be able to uh, meet in the middle and... um understand each other's perspective and most importantly recognize that you know what my parents i love you for who you are my daughter i love you for who you are and at the end day both of us just want to coexist in happiness yeah yeah. right so i'm trying to meet that like i mean if you if you hated them and they hated you it would show you would just not be in their lives they would not be in their lives just just the way it is but there's a mutual understanding where hey we both want to be happy so what does that take for you and this is what it takes for us i'm gonna put my word fulfillment in there but (laughs) we both want to be like i think um i don't think it's ever gonna be like i honestly i I would love to go back to this i Mm. don't think that i am always 100 percent happy but i'm so pleased at admitting that that's i'm okay with that 
I'm I'm happy Fair. saying that I'm 98 percent like at a good state with my parents. I'm 98 percent at a good state with myself. But there's always that two percent room to grow, and that's what drives me. That two percent is what drives me. And see, for you, that's what drives you. That's yeah. what makes you get up in the yeah. morning, right? And that's okay. Yeah, that's amazing, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, so. Again, can't thank you enough to come thank share you your story, me. a wonderful story with us. Thanks. I'm sure uh, I personally have learned a lot oh, from uh, your too. relationship and from your relationship struggles to your relationship with your parents. And yeah, any last words for, uh, by the way, that sounds very morbid. I mean, any, <laughs> any extra parting gifts for anybody listening? Just don't stop finding that meaning and like continuing to go back to, and if you don't know that meaning, get help. Get help. Get, honestly, just please, please go get help. Go find something or someone. Find a podcast. I have a <laughs> podcast for you. Um, find a friend. Find somebody that you think you can connect with. And you know what? Keep trying. Your first therapist will not work. My first therapist did not work. Wow. Yeah. So if that first one doesn't work, go to the second one. There is light at the that end of the That clicks for you. There is something that clicks for you. That doesn't mean that therapy is bad or friendship is bad or Fair. parents are bad, right? Right, right. Um, so just as cliche as it sounds, like honestly, you deserve so much and you should push yourself to find that so much, whatever that means for you. Beauty. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for coming on uh, the podcast. This is the speech therapy. This is not the speech therapy podcast. This is the Heartbreak Hotel podcast. Thank you for listening. Feels like the speech therapy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is hilarious. With no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, banking with Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like Taylor Swift choosing what to wear. It's looking kind of chilly out today. I think I'll go with a cardigan. Yep, even easier than that. And with our top-rated app, you can bank anytime, anywhere, making Capital One an even easier decision. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? New consumer accounts only. Approval required. Terms apply. Capital One and a member FDIC. With no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, banking with Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. And with our top-rated app, you can bank anytime, anywhere, making Capital One an even easier decision. Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? New consumer accounts only. Approval required. Terms apply. Capital One and a member FDIC.